This is the WZ Podcast here, deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, Jay, right here, folks. So, we got interesting topics here involving pro wrestling. Much of it, what we have here, is now all about the Japanese wrestling scene. Um... Many events took place regarding that, you know. Uh, let's talk about the first one. Now, you may have heard about what recently took place this week involving Kushida. Now, this was news to me as a fan because I did not anticipate this, but there was a lot of, not conflicting reports, but more like, okay, what's going on in this front? It was more all about that Kushida left WWE. Now, some of you WWE loyalists will think the same thing, like going, is it even possible? Yes. Um, according to the reports we're coming in from various sources, like um, Fightful Select, that his contract expired. So he did not renew it. Now, some of you probably say, he should have renewed it. I would agree, but we need to think about certain things about Kushida that no one needs to understand. The people may not know or may do not know, or whatever it is, all the above. You know what I mean? Let, let's talk about that. Kushida is one of Triple H's guys. Ask yourself this obvious question. Would WWE put him as a main eventer? That's the problem. They, they're... But there were also a lot of uh, reports coming in saying he was not happy with the idea of being par-like with Jacket Time. Now, I understand that. I mean, Jacket Time seemed like a fun team, but the problem is, the way I see it, many wrestlers get were not happy how things were being run in the direction. I mean, Kushida, he's a highly regarded wrestler in the junior heavyweight division. And now that Triple H is gone, it's like he's not that guy anymore. He's no longer that guy that, um, you know, was highly regarded. And that kind of puts it in a bad predicament. I'm just... <coughs> I'm just pissed that WWE didn't put him in the full potential like they should have done like various other wrestlers. And that's what got, gets me going about it. But... Now that he's gone, uh, what what's next? Well, Dave Meltzer reported that there is the possibility that he could be on his way back to Japan, uh, possibly reuniting with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, some of you are saying, why would he go back there? I mean, wasn't he 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 should stay in the U.S. Maybe go to AEW. That I mean, it's true. But if you guys remember why he left New Japan, I'll explain it to you. Before he left in 2019, I believe, Kushida wanted to change a pace a little bit. He wanted to go heel. He asked Ghetto, who is the booker of New Japan, he asked him, I want to join the Bullet Club. Ghetto said no. Now, you ask yourselves, man, I would love to see Kushida as a heel. I strongly agree with everyone about that. But you probably ask yourselves, why didn't Ghetto allow him? I'll tell you why. This one is something you should understand. 
Kushida has been the highly regarded wrestler in the junior heavyweight division. He was like the ace of the junior heavyweight division. And that kind of puts it in that kind of, not predicament, but more like, okay. He's being groomed to be the next Tanahashi. And that kind of puts me like, why would you need the next Tanahashi? Kushida could be an awesome wrestler on his own in his own right, not try to compare him to Tanahashi. Tanahashi has done great work with New Japan. And and I think that kind of puts in the way. Now, now that he's po there's a possibility of him returning to New Japan, uh, some of you probably say, when will that happen? Well, there's two possibilities that I've been getting from various friends. One, it could be right after the best of the Super Juniors. Or two, Dominion. Now, I'm all for both. But we'll see what happens. But here's the thing. I would love to see Kushida to be in a, in a match against a, a Francisco Akira, the latest new member of United Empire. Now, you probably ask, why would I want, him, why would I want to see it? Simple. Bill Ospreay say that the junior heavyweight division is a total mess since he left. I'm like, no. It's in perfect fine shape. It's, it hasn't changed. But he acts like it's a mess. But imagine the prodigal son, Kushida, makes his way back. He has to contend with the guy who claims that he's there to fix it, to declare to make the junior heavyweight rise up from what it was or whatever they're going to do. But it would make more sense to have that. And I think it's kind of cool. And I, I think it was it would tell a good story on that. So we'll see what happens then. Now, our next one is a ma uh, the latest Choco Pro event that took place on the, this past Sunday, I believe, is the... Uh, let me look at my calendar real quick because I don't remember shit. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, it took place... Uh, this past Sunday on the 17th of of April during Easter, if you guys remember, well, here's what happened in Choco Pro 19. It was a single match, and it was for the Asian Dream Tag Team titles. CDK, the current title holders, put uh, Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi, put the titles on the line against um, Sayaka Obihiro and her friend, Kapakozo. Now, this was a very unique event for me. Reasons is, Kappa is a, a, a giant lizard. He's part of a group known as Uma, run by a individual named Haru Miyako, who is the manager of Uma, which there are monsters involved, kind of like Kappa, who's a lizard. There's other monsters like the Rubber Man, uh, uh, Tiger Jeet something, uh, and very others, and that kind of puts it in a very unique way. However, this was a no disqualification match, so they had different monsters to come out. We had Super Kappa make making his way into the ring. He's he's very powerful, very th much stronger than his little brother. And then there's the Rubber Man, who shows up out of nowhere, showing how he's made out of rubber. And then of course we had the Tiger shows up out of nowhere. Have you guys ever seen? I thought. <coughs> having all these matches was great. Now, it seems like things were going great for everyone. They Like, CDK think they had everything. But I think the best moment is Deathworm, um, this other monster that entered. He's good friend, was it was friends with uh, Sayaka, and he was, Sayaka was very happy to see him. 
But the one person that seems like he was very interesting into meeting up with him was none other than Chris Brooks. He goes out, so you came. I've been waiting for a long time, you big, wormy, son of a bitch. And they go at it. Now, they took this fight outside of the Chocolate Square. Nobody knows where they went. But if you guys have Twitter, you should go to the Got to Move Twitter uh, Twitter page, either the Japanese section or the um, Got to the English section. They will sh they show exactly what happened. So Brooks and Deaf Worm were taking their fight outside the ring. They were going down the street and they went across the street. They continued. I thought that was freaking hilarious. I'm like, wow. Now some of you are saying. Isn't it strange to go in the middle of the streets? Well, it's not strange in Japan. You see, there have been wrestling promotions, uh, mostly like DDT and others, that might have wrestling matches out in the middle of the street. It's not uncommon. I mean, it's unheard of here in the U.S., but it's not uncommon down in Japan. I've seen DDT Pro Wrestling puts out these street matches that go on. I think the first time I ever saw it was during New Year's between 2020 and 2021, where they were in some areas of Tokyo um, having their matches. And I thought that was pretty pretty interesting to see. And I think that kind of puts it in a way where I'm like, okay. But having this like that is similar. But near the end of the match, Chris Brooks was able to help Masa while he was left alone to deal with the other monsters. They got rid of the rubber man, um, Kappa Kozo, but Deathworm came to save his friend Saya Kaobahiro. But apparently he got squashed right in the middle of the head by Chris Brooks. He died. But luckily, um, during the Jankin tournament, Sayaka and Nyako were able to hold their own. Sayaka lost to Masahiro. He, Chris Brooks lost to Nyako, but the writing was on the wall. It was Nyako was very, very calm. And what happened next? Ayako won by using uh, paper and Masahi's rock. But out of nowhere, Deathworn lives. He survives his little brain being squashed by Chris Brooks. And Sayaka was very happy. I think this match was um, unbelievable. It made me cry. And it's okay to cry, damn it. But I'm like, this is unbelievable. I love it. I think I enjoyed more what they go do here than anything I've ever watched. And it was really, really unique. So you guys can check that out on their YouTube channel. So you'll be happy to see it. Now, uh, more of the weird stuff that goes on in the J Japanese world. There's this thing that DDT had called a... Kominatu Railroad Pro Wrestling. Basically, they were having a wrestling match in a train. Now, <laughs> you're probably saying to yourselves in the back of your minds, how in the hell you're going to have a match in a train? That's a good question. It's a good question. I was not sure. Until I saw it. Now, <laughs> some of you probably go and say this to me. Right now you're saying, 
Bullshit. No, it's not joking. But I did find out uh, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling's current wrestler um, and also a member of Up Up Girls, Raku, was asked by Shinjiro Tagagi if she likes to commentate on this particular event. Now, some of you probably questioned this. Why would Raku wants to commentate? I mean, this is kind of... Now, I this is what reason why. I will do a little thing with about the about up up girls on the next episode because I'm still doing a lot of research about them. Raku has a thing for trains. That's why. Uh I looked at her Twitter page and you guys wouldn't be surprised. She has pictures of every train she's come across in. Now, you're probably saying every train? It's trains are not uncommon down in Japan. People use that to for public transportation. They're everywhere all over Japan, you know, and it would make sense. And that kind of it fits in. She has this thing where she calls it the the Runaway Express, where she runs right on top of people when she puts them to sleep. And I'm whipsy. And I have to say it was great to hear her voice, you know, doing something a little different. I, I'm sure probably she didn't expect it, but I think she had a lot of fun. I think she was like. Surprised with the thing what's going on in the match, you know, but it was crazy But this match was a false count anywhere delayed entry battle royale Now here who, who was involved in this match We have Hiroshi Yamato Akito Antonio Honda Chris Brooks Don Chico Dino Yuki Ino Harashima Kazuki Irada Mao Saki Akai, Shuna Matsumara, and Toru Owashi. Now, here's how it goes down so that everybody understands. You can still do your standard pinfall or submission move, but however, if you're in a stop in whatever station, but you got if you walked out of the train or you missed the train by by delay if the train left without you in it, you're out. <laughs> it's so funny the first time I saw that. Toto Owashi was the first that <coughs> that actually uh, got left. I, I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. But I think I felt bad for Shuma Katsumata. Reason is the pheromone, the pheromones. Don Chico Dino and Yuki, you know, these are these fruity guys that act like they're gay. We're raping. Katsumata throughout the entire show. I mean, Katsumata can't stand these guys because I'll explain why. Katsumata, he acts like he's a real tough guy. He he has this tough guy attitude. You know, one day he confronted Dino right during a press conference because he was with Takashita, the the KOD Tag Team Champions. And then Shuko was making out with him, and he was trying to get away. Uh, Takashita wasn't doing shit. He was just sitting there doing, like, whatever. The reason, he probably asked, why can't he just help his friend? Simple. Katsumata has an ego. Basically, he thinks he's tough. So, basically, he's like, sorry, pal. This is your mess. And everybody knows it. He has an attitude problem. But when it comes to the pheromones, he can't stand them. He tries to run away from them because he doesn't want to be raped by them. But unfortunately, he was pulled out of the stop, and they were trying to take his pants off. And he's begging for help, but nobody wants to help him. 
A, they don't want to be raped by this guy. A, they don't want their asses in their faces. That's the last thing they want is to get involved in pheromone business. So it's like, sorry, Katsumata, I'm staying out of it. You brought this mess to yourself. But there have been a, many wrestlers that actually lost. Like, um, there was Saki who was pinned. Um, Antonio Honda, no, Chris Brooks, and Mao remained on the train when they reached their last stop. And they kind of lost. And the train took off without them being involved in, in, the, in the final st stop. They had uh, Yamato, Honda... Here, um, and of course, uh, what's his name? Irada and um, and Hiroshima. They were the last four in the, in the match. They took in the ring, but it when this particular match it ended with Yamato picking up the victory. So it was like, I have to say, it's unique. Uh, many of these matches with Japan, what they do, it, it mostly coming from DDT. They're fun and they're kind of a, a strange thing to watch, but it's unique. Now, you probably asked me, how J-Rod, I would like to see this. How can I see this? Easy. Just go to watchprowrestling.live, and you'll find it there. It's not, Just search for DDT, and then Plusto, right there. There it is. So Basically, you can't miss it. Now, let's talk to the next topic. Now, this one is a much interesting one that I did not anticipate. Konami makes her return to stardom. Now, some of you may not heard who she is. I'll tell you who she is. Konami is a wrestler who's been disciplined in many ways. They, they dub her as the submission sniper due to the fact that she can put you in a submission move. And here's a very fun fact, especially for you WWE loyalists. Konami is a lifelong disciple of Kana, a.k.a., as you know her, Asuka. That's right, Asuka is one of Konami's girls. Asuka trained Konami. She was one of her disciples. So Konami is a fantastic wrestler. But however, last year, things have changed in her life. In one of the particular shows, she was supposed to be involved in a UWF match with Sayuri, who is the current leader of God's Eye. But this is when before she left DDM, the former own unit, or should I say faction. She was unable to compete, and it was revealed that she was having problems with her liver, uh, very health issues, and that sort of thing. However, she did make an announcement prior before the 29th of December where she said that her contract with Stardom is expiring soon, but she wants to have her f final match on that particular day. And they did. Her opponent is Julia, but the real but she did stated that she is planning to once she recovered that she's going back as a freelancer. Uh, she will not be a full-time member of Star of Stardom once that happened. Now here where it gets interesting. This past weekend on the 15th, I believe, or the 16th, one of the two, anyway, no, 17th, 17th, my bad, I remember. On the 17th of April, after a match between Sudi and Ami Sore, a video package was sent by Konami 
and she just announced her return to stardom. And that she'll be returning at Golden Fight Series, which is one of their latest tours. But this is where it gets the most buzz. Konami made the decision that she's going to join God's Eye. Now, I think some of you are questioning, why is that important? If you guys know this or not, Konami was a member of Odatai. Now, some of you might say, wait a minute. If she was with that faction, then why would she go? I'll explain that in a little bit. But right now, when this announcement came around, Odatai members Starlight Kid and Momo Wananabe protest. They were questioning the suspicious activity that took place. They're questioning Sudi. How long has she been planning this? Because here's the thing. This is where it gets more where people need to understand. Why would Konami side with Sudi if, if she was with a different faction? I'll tell you why. Konami always has fine respect for Sudi. They both are amazing wrestlers. They are technical wrestlers. Hell of a strikers. <coughs> they always respect each other. But the spite is, they're from two different factions. Konami at the time was with Odatai, and Sudi was with DDM. And I think many people might have thought the same thing. They should work together, but I don't think it would work simply in the, in the respected factions they were in, with DDM or Odatai. And I think that's why. Now, it's still unclear if she's going to be full-time or part-time, but if she's still having health issues, then it would make absolute sense. Why? So I'm kind of like waiting to see where they're going to go with it. But I'm excited. I hope everybody is because I can't wait to see Konami make her return and side with God's eye. But now fans are saying because Konami is siding with God's eye, there is no doubt in everyone's minds, if you're a Stardom fan, we're going to see a war between both God's Eye and Odatai. Because I know one thing for a fact. Natsuko Tora will not tolerate what has transpired because there is no secret that Sudi and Konami are good friends. And I think Natsuko Tora will question Konami. How long has she's planning this? You see, Odatai, they don't give a shit about others outside of Odatai but themselves. So this is going to be an interesting storyline to follow. And there's no doubt about that. Now, our last topic we're going to have is, for, is from the... This is from Cork and Hall 60th anniversary show that took place on the 15th. Now, there was two days. The 15th and the 16th of April. Now, I haven't seen the 16th, but I have seen the 15th. But the 15th is unique. We had the Yoshi wrestlers make their appearances. We have Yoshi wrestlers coming from Stardom, Seedling, uh, Sandai Girls, Ice Ribbon, uh, World, Pro World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana, uh, Marvelous, Colors. There's still some that haven't showed up, but yes, I was... Blown away with every... Oh, yeah, and Oz Academy. I forgot about those guys. Yes, Oz Academy. And I was so in tune with this, having seen various... Oh, yeah, and Pro Wrestling Wave. I forgot. 
in tune with this. Now, the only promotion I had did not see was Tokyoshi Pro. Um, but I haven't seen anybody coming from Got to Move or um, who else? Oh yeah, and Just Tap Out. Because the thing is, uh, Just Tap Out is a co-ed uh, type of promotion. I mean, they do have good wrestlers in there, female Joshi wrestlers, but they don't consider themselves part of the Yoshi world. And I feel that Got to Move is the same thing. But we'll we'll see about that. But it was so great to see people uh, teaming up with who, you know? Um, I saw Saki from Colors team up with uh, Takumi Iroa from Marvelous. And, of course, um, Nozaki, Nozaki, uh, Nogiza, oh, I think that's her name, from Pro Wrestling Wave. So we had people from various promotions. I was so in tune with the idea. But there was one ma one team that was still together, and that was, of course, uh, Cosmic Angels. They were in a tag match against uh, Rin Karidora, who is from Marvelous, and, of course, uh, Aruka Imasaki. Now, these two ladies don't like Cosmic Angels because they've been at each other's throats many times over. But this fight between them is far from over. But I have to say, what a great event. I enjoyed every moment of it. Now, if you guys are asking me, J-Rod, how can we see it? Once again, go to www.watchprowrestling.live. It's right there. You won't miss a thing. So, hope everybody enjoys this episode, me talking about all this cool stuff. Um, there will be some more coming up for the next episode. I'm excited for it. But right now, I'm just going to end it right here. Um, because right now, this entire week is going to be crazy because I won't be able to watch a lot of wrestling. Hopefully, I can because I got the San Diego Comic Fest to go to. Um, but we'll see how things are going down there because I enjoy my life how it is. But I will keep up with the wrestling business. I may throw in a little bit of the news updates reports sooner if there's anything to report. But right now... I'll see you guys the next time on this podcast. I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang!